Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. With a fly ball out to left. That is over, Rojas. One run in. Here comes another. Kim drives in two. Into center field. And here comes Tyler O'Neill. The throw to the plate. Not in time. And the speed of Edmund. He winds up at second. It's another two out. RBI base hit for St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, we haven't played uh, our best over the last month. So just trying to play well each day. And uh, get as many wins as we can. You know, played pretty well these last few games. Nice to get the wins and uh, try to keep it going. Paul Goldschmidt following the 7-4 win yesterday and a sweep over the Diamondbacks. The Thursday edition, Danny Mac Show. That is BK, Brandon Kiley. I'm Dan McLaughlin. An hour of Cardinal talk in Major League Baseball talk on 101 ESPN. Matt Belisle, the former Cardinal and Rockies reliever, will be our guest. Okay, it wasn't pretty, but... They took care of business, and they sweep the Arizona Diamondbacks, which is exactly what they needed to do. That's right. Uh, All I asked during this stretch was to beat the bad teams on the schedule, and so, Dan, when they do exactly that, I'm not going to be the one that sits up here and criticizes them. Now, there are some individual things that we will talk about that did not go as expected, both yesterday and overall in this series, but in general, yesterday you hit five doubles in the game. It's the first time they've done that all season long. You shouldn't do that against bad teams. That's what the offense looks like at its best. a nice start yesterday from KK overall. I'll take that from him. Alex Reyes looked incredible. We don't have to talk about what happened there in the middle of those two things, <laughs> but Dan, this is what they needed to do. When you've got bad teams on your schedule, take care of business. It's what the Brewers have been doing. That's how they have accumulated so many wins over the course of the month of June. They beat the bad teams. The Cardinals haven't done that enough of late, so when they do it three times in a row, I'm going to give them their credit. So the Diamondbacks have the second worst ERA in baseball. It's 5.26. They give up the most runs per game. The Diamondbacks have now lost 28 of their last Mm. 29 road games after the loss yesterday. They finished the month of June... This is incredible. Three and 24. And by my research, I could be wrong about this. I don't think I am. But the Louisville uh, Colonels in like the 1890s had two wins in the month of June. So this is the second second worst ever. Yeah. God. Second worst ever. They're now eight and 48 in their last 56 games. That's a third of a season. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Holy smokes. It's like a 25-game pace. Hey, it can only go up from here. I don't know, man. Quite literally. Uh, maybe not. You, uh, I don't know because they're going to probably sell off a few of those players. And, it, you know, to me, and you hit it on the head, their pitching is terrible. Awful. I mean, terrible. Their offense is okay. It, it's not great. It's probably not good. So should I say it's okay? It's <laughs> We'll take it. Put it this way. There, there's some pieces there that you can work with. There, yeah. you know, especially what I mean? when Cattell Marte is healthy. Yes, he's a good player. Um, Dan Peralta, Esca- solid player. Escobar is a very good player. Mm-hmm. He's got over 50 runs batted in. When they're healthy, the top four in their lineup looks perfectly fine. Right. Just don't look beyond that anywhere. 
Like, don't look at the bullpen. Don't look at the rotation. Don't look at anything in the bottom half of the order. Starting rotation, bullpen, um, how they manage the the games. I mean, everything. It was just bad. They're a bad team. So the Cardinals offense looked good in the series against the Diamondbacks. Game one, seven runs, ten hits. Game three, or game two, three runs, six hits. And then game three yesterday, the seven runs, all the doubles that you mentioned. They had the 12 hits, the 13 base runners. And uh, what does five doubles say to Mike Schilt after yesterday's game? It says what I've been saying the last six days, um, what I declared prior to it. Um, need to use the whole field. You just need to drive the ball through the middle of the field. You know, because think about it, you know, you just get – it's a big field, you know, use it all. Um, it usually helps you stay on the ball, through the ball. You stay on the ball, through the ball, you hit the ball straight. The ball has a better chance of getting down in a gap. 285 was the average in the three games. 11 extra base hits, the 17 runs, 37 base runners. So the mindset going forward? Yeah, I mean, we just want to get better as we go. All, you know, regardless of time of year, when we treat every game with the same sense of urgency, regardless of playoffs. and. Um, you know, we've uh, taken care of four of the last five, and um, we look to build on it and go ready to play in Colorado. Yeah, let's see how this shakes out. Now, I would imagine, though, going into Colorado, we'll see how they want to use the bullpen if there is a safe situation because Alex Reyes had just thrown 32 pitches two nights ago. He finished out uh, his first two-inning save of his career. Gallegos had thrown 22 pitches on Monday, did not throw on Tuesday, And again, the walks reared its ugly head. They had another bases loaded walk yesterday. That's their 20th. The all-time record is 28, and we're halfway through the season. They also had another wild pitch. That was their fifth. They've had five hit-by-pitches with the bases loaded as well. Oh, my God. So Mike Schilt on his decision to use Reyes for a second day in a row. I talked to him today, and he was actually assertive and aggressive um, today when he came in. After his catch, he said, you know, I feel great, and I went back out there if the save situation takes place. And I said, you know, you sure? You know, and he said, he was giving me the look like, I can get, I can finish the eighth and get some of the ninth if you need me to. I feel good. I need to pitch. As soon as the eighth ended, he popped up and got on the mound and started playing catch, so he didn't really, he could obviously set him down. But I preferred definitely not to have used him, um, but it was his situation, and he did a great job again. Two things I think about in that spot. Number one, I appreciate what Alex Reyes is doing there. And it's back-to-back games, and I understand he threw 32 pitches. Um, Mike Schilt is going for broke. He wants he wants to win that series. He had to win that mm-hmm. series. So had now to you're, sweep it, honestly. Yes, you're a game under 500 now. Um, but having said that, he never, ever should have been put in that position. You know, when Roel Ramirez comes in, he's got to be able in a 7-1 game to get some outs to where you're not feeling that you're forced to get these guys up and throw them. But that's the position that he's in to where it's like, okay, where do I go? You know, who do I go to down there where I feel comfortable enough with this big of a lead against Arizona that I know I can get out of the 8th and the ninth unscathed in a non-safe situation and say that I'm going to be okay then I'm still going to win this game. And unfortunately, he didn't feel that way. And that is that is the bigger picture of coming out of that game and having to use Alex Reyes. Yeah, it's it's awful. Um, it's not where you want to be with your bullpen right now. I mean, if you look out there, the only guys that I really trust on a consistent basis is are Cabrera, who has his own issues with command at times, but he's been good overall this season for the Cardinals, Gallegos and Reyes. It's the big three. There's been nobody else that's added their names to that list. I thought by now, Dan, we'd have somebody else. I thought the most likely would be Ryan Helsley. 
And I just don't trust him right now. Not to throw strikes. His stuff looks good. Like, you look at the velocity. You look at the way that uh, on the best ones, his breaking ball is crisp. Would it shock you, by the way, that he is second best in allowing inherited runners to score in Major League Baseball? It would stun me. (laughs) Yes, and he is. But I just can't trust him. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying because you see the walks and you see sometimes the inefficiencies. And I get it. You know, pins, it's weird. And this is this goes against every instinct that I have as a baseball person, Dan. But for bullpen guys, it's less for me about the numbers and more about how you feel when they come into the game. And when Ryan Helsley comes into the game, really, it's been this way all year, but certainly of late. I just don't have a good feeling in my stomach that this is going to end in a clean inning. And sometimes there's that case with Alex Reyes as well. But I know he's going to get through it. I know he's going to find a way, even if he walks the first guy double play or strike out pop out something he'll find a way through that i don't get those same warm fuzzy feelings when ryan helsley's on the mound so the cardinals start a 10 game road trip tonight that leads into the all-star break huge trip for the cardinals and a very tough road trip four at colorado rockies by the by the way are playing very good baseball at home they just swept the pirates then three at san francisco best record in baseball then three at Wrigley Field Tyler O'Neill on the importance of this trip yeah obviously we had a rough June I mean there's no getting away from that but this is a great ball club Um, we got a lot of talent and we believe in ourselves too we got a great clubhouse chemistry and um, you know it's it's just a matter of time before it clicks and and it translates out there so you know you obviously saw it earlier in the year Uh, you're starting to see it again Uh, just just as a group and as the lineup turns over and everything you know how dynamic we can actually be so um, you know Skip's obviously mixing us up a little bit and I think that's healthy too once in a while so um, you know it's, it's it's good keeps us on our toes and uh, you know we're, we're ready to ready to win, win some ball games this is not easy and it starts tonight but you do have Adam Wainwright going tonight I wish it was at home I love Wayno at home different uh, guy on the road but you have your your top guy going tonight and he has a chance to set the tone in this trip as much as we talk about how, and I'm sure there's a lot of Cardinals fans right now that are looking at what the Cardinals did over this last three-game stretch, and they're saying, hey, I want to see him do it against good teams. And I totally get that. I really do. I understand where that perspective is coming from. The Milwaukee Brewers are kind of the toast of baseball right now, and they deserve to be. They're, they've taken advantage of their schedule. You know how many wins for the Brewers over the course of the month of June have come against the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, Dan? Because it's a hell, hell of a lot of them. They had a three or four game sweep against the Diamondbacks at the start of this month. They won two out of three against them earlier. So that's six out of seven against Arizona. And they've also played seven games against Colorado. They won five of them. So it's almost half. That's about half of their month that they've been accumulating these wins. That's what the Cardinals need to do. When you go out to Colorado, I know they've been good at home. I get that. You should be a better team than the Colorado Rockies, no matter where you play. So you got to go out there. You got to win three out of four. It's a tough task at hand, but that's what... That's the pressure you've put yourself in when you lost two in a row against Detroit and you lose three out of four against Pittsburgh. Now you've got to be able to go out there and do more difficult tasks when you're on the road. Mike Schill was asked about maybe getting healthier, and that means Harrison Bader. Will you be taking Bader with you to Colorado? He will have a sport coat on. (laughs) Do you plan to play him right away? I do. So there you go. Harrison Bader will be in your lineup tonight. 22 games this year, 219, the average four homers, nine RBI. Um, You get Bader back. I I do think this is a good thing, and it's really good defensively because when you go out west, especially to NL West stadiums, it's a ton of ground to cover, tons, especially in Denver. So 
defensively, you should be a better club tonight with Harrison Bader. We'll see what he's got offensively, but specifically talking about the defense and the ground to cover, going left center, right center, behind you. This is the guy you want in center field. It's only the fourth time this season that the Cardinals have had their full lineup available to them. It happened on May 8th, 11th, and 12th. And on the 12th, that was when DeYoung left mid-game with his cracked ribs. So really, it's been two games that you've had for the entirety. Your full lineup that you expected to have coming into the season. So hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, the Cardinals will actually be able to finish out this first half looking the way that they were expected to. And that means there's no more excuses for this offense. It looked better in the the series against the Diamondbacks. You're going out to Colorado where offense should thrive. You should be able to put up some crooked numbers against this Colorado Rockies. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. If there's a guy that understands how to pitch in the major leagues and how to pitch at Coors Field and pitch at Bush Stadium, one of the really good guys when he was here in St. Louis, former major leaguer, and that is Matt Belisle, Dan McLaughlin with Brandon Kylie, Danny Mac show on a Thursday, and we say good morning to Matt Belisle. Hey, Matt, how you doing? And it's great to hear your voice. Dan and Brandon, thank you. Good morning, and thank you for the compliments. I appreciate being asked to be on. Hope Absol- you guys are well today. Absolutely. How you doing these days, and where, where do we uh, catch up with you? Well, you catch me in Texas today. Um, <laughs> I'm doing great. I, I'm slightly nomadic. I, all my friends would tell you I'm, I've gone on walkabout. You never really know where I'll be and how long I'll stay, but um, I've been enjoying uh, partaking in some things that I, I couldn't while I was playing and living life. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. When when guys retire, they actually, they I, I call it like civilian life. You know what I mean? You're back to being a civilian. Um, so you're back to being a normal person again. So what's that like uh, being out of baseball and kind of enjoying your family, those kind of things, and, and just kind of getting back into a routine that doesn't include baseball? You know, to me, uh, it, it's been wonderful as well. It's been at times unsettling, not in the fact that baseball – is something I I needed, but more, you know, from the dream as a young kid to high school draft to pursuing and, and fulfilling a career, there's some hardwiring, it seems, that has happened. And and, and without sort of a, a schedule um, or an action plan every day and enjoying the, the grind, so to speak, I've looked up at times and still uh, woken with the sun and going, you know, what was I have to do today? And realizing, well, there's nothing to do today, so <laughs> we need to learn how to fill that fill that in. But um, I've, I've learned a lot more about myself. I'm so blessed for what I was able to do, and I, I very much look at it from a hu- humble standpoint now to be able to do what I'm doing now, which is just take a breath and enjoy and let something of passion come to me rather than press for something um, immediate. So, Matt, you mentioned you're a bit of a nomad now. Are you traveling a lot? What What are you doing now with the summer months? Well, yes. Uh, one particular aspect of walkabout has been I, I, I got really lodged into uh, tarpon fishing with a fly rod. Uh, I had some some people who were big into that, and I always uh, looked to do it. I got connected with a guide uh, down in, in the Florida Keys, and that's been a great challenge. So I've been back and forth from Texas in the truck, going to and from Florida, 
for the road trip because why not? You know, I mean, it's a I long drive, road. Matt. <laughs> yeah, but you know, with podcasts these days and just the open road, I, I've never not enjoyed that. Um, but um, I, I still partake in a lot of ranch activities out here in Texas, a couple ranches to play on, and um, a lot of friends and family. And I think last year I, I drove straight to the uh, the, the Canadian border and back just, uh, wanted to see Glacier National Park, stopped at Yellowstone, just checking off some lists and, and also being able to look some people in the eye, give them a hug and thank them for their direct influence and support for me and my career. There, there was quite a few people I needed to, to tell that to, uh, in person rather than over the phone. That's awesome to be able to do that. Matt Belisle is our guest. Um, you, you spent some time here in St. Louis. What was your time like when you were here in, uh, in town? You know, uh, people often ask where was my favorite, uh, my town to play for. And, and it is irrefutably, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. I think, you know, to, Again, just the, the the esteemed tradition, the respect, the pride, and how much the fan base is supportive behind uh, a home and away. The class of the of the fan, uh, the turnout, uh, and just the the history. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was heartbreaking not to continue on and um, uh, continuing the playoffs as the Cubs, you know, smashed us around there. But um, what a what a time! What a great great experience that I'm fortunate to have had. And you played here in a pretty darn good season. I know it didn't end the way any of us would have liked here in 2015, but you had a great year. The Cardinals won 100 games that season. What's your lasting memory from the 2015 season on, on a positive note, other than the, the Cubs in the playoffs, of course? Yeah, you know, there really was. There was almost a, a flow and ease to that season of confidence of just racking up the wins. We uh, we were a very good team. There was very good cohesiveness there. Um, and I think back and I realized too, what an atmosphere it was those last few weeks going into, uh, the possible playoffs was the, the three teams basically with the best records in all of baseball, duking it out in the last weeks of the season, as if it were the playoffs to see who has, you know, the buy-in or who's going to the wild card and all that. So, um, it was just wonderful, but there, there's also reconnecting with Adam Wainwright, um, who I came up with, with the Braves. That was, that was very fun, uh, for me to be back in the clubhouse with him. Uh, just, just a very, very good season with very good people. Um, I think that's what sticks out. Wayno will uh, go tonight in Colorado. Does it amaze you to still see Adam pitching and not only pitching, but pitching at a high level, Yachty playing, playing at a high level. Does that amaze you to see these guys still doing what they're doing? You know, it's, it's inspiring. Uh, honestly, amazing. When you speak of those two, no, because they're already um, exceptional individuals. And, and I mean that sincerely um, physicals all there, but the mental, um, the desire, the, um, the accountability, the, the, these are guys that um, are ingrained in what they do and, and don't take one day for granted and do it correctly day in and day out. And to me, that doesn't stop a career 
until the career is stopped by other issues. So, I mean, they're they're physically fit and and they're doing what they got to do, and I love it. I say continue on. Matt, can you tell us a little bit about the Adam Wainwright you knew in the minors? Because we've gotten to know him so well over the last 15 years here in St. Louis, but you got to see him as a young man in the Braves organization. Tell us a little bit about Adam Wainwright, the kid. You know, um, very fun, very uh, very uh, confident in, in his abilities. You could he, you could tell he had a passion for just for, for starting. I, I always remember that he just always just wanted the perfect game. He wanted no hits. He just he he relished on his preparation for the fifth day, and really, not speaking too generically, the competitiveness was there um, very soon when you're around Adam Wainwright. You in a healthy but very good deep way. He was just a truly competitive competitive individual and it didn't matter if it was darts or uh, or pool or pitching every fifth so um he was a fun guy he was athletic he was into the outdoors uh he was a good person from a good family good background had things in perspective but you knew the this guy was destined for greatness so the cardinals head to uh, denver tonight um how tough is it now that you reflect on it how tough is it to pitch at coors field you know, that's often a question I, I get, and <clears throat> I, I think it's just been the ability for people who've had success in the past to to understand that there is a factor, for one, uh, but let that factor um, not derail you, uh, but rather make you better because if you don't understand how to adjust on the fly, uh, get in tune with your pitches, your repertoire, uh, call audibles. You're, you, I don't think you're going to do very well. There are some exceptions, but to me, it, it became opportunistic uh, because things did change a little bit. Um, for other people, it's it's different. It could be one pitch, it could be two pitches, it could be break, it could be plain, um, it could just be fatigue level. But it is a factor look at it as an opportunity and I think that's where you thrive on it and you become a better pitcher than you ever could have been because you have more adverse conditions Matt you were always a strike thrower you never had a high walk rate over the course of your career the Cardinals this year have the opposite problem they are walking 14 percent out of the bullpen 14 percent of the guys that come to the plate was that a mindset that you had? Is that something that you kind of focused on in the off season? How, how do you get back to throwing strikes consistently if you ever got out of whack and had some walk issues in your career? You know, um, I'm not going to say I didn't have some walk issues, but I but I, I can say that it never was something that was a weak link for me. So getting back on track, I think, is personal to the, the individual pitcher. Um, if mechanics are all there, uh, and you can keep it simple, um, and you are a pitcher, not a thrower. Uh, you know, I think sometimes great arms can come up, but they're they're more throwing than pitching. And um, heck, even since I've been out of the game, uh, you need more stuff, so to speak, um, and they want that. But 
I think deliberate practice from every time that you pick up that baseball, um, whether it's playing catch or in the bullpens, is to truly you know, hone the knife and understand that you don't get to do this often. You don't get to go in the cage and swing as much as you want or take ground balls as much as you want. But every time I pick up a baseball, I can try to throw it where I want to. And um, that was always something that I took pride in. And coming up with the Braves, if, if, if you didn't pound the strike zone, you didn't have a chance um, <laughs> climbing into that system. Um, so I just took it as an attack mentality and attitude and something that, um, I had to, to control was my command. Do you follow the game right now much? Are you, do you watch a game? Well, you're probably in your truck all the time listening. <laughs> so you listen to games, what, what, are you following much what's going on? You know, honestly, I have not. Um, it, it's been interesting. There's, it's, it's not a reluctance, you know, they're right at the beginning. I, well, when it was done for me, I, I caught a game and it kind of was a gut check. Like, oh man, why am I not there? But afterwards, it's been in the rear. It's gone, and I, it's just like almost a new chapter. Um, I will always keep in touch with friends, but um, I I really have not kept up. Um, I, I really have not. I mean, um, you know, in speaking though, Mike Matheny reached out to me on my birthday the other day. That was another great thing about 2015. So I'll still have people get in touch with me. He's another great memory of 15. But but as far as actually staying on top of it and and watching the flow of things, I don't. <laughs> so, I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's all I wanted to do as a kid. I was able to do it. But at this point, um, it's like turn the page and go, and, and I'll surely watch something. But under my own volition, I'm not necessarily flipping to the channel or checking the scores on the you know on the paper. Last question that I've got for you, Matt. You mentioned you've been doing a lot of fishing. You've been doing a lot of travel. For any of our listeners right now that may be outdoorsmen, is there one spot that you say that they've they've got to go to that you've hit over the last couple of uh, couple of years? Oh my gosh! You know, uh, I think if any, you know, just as a general outdoor person, if if you haven't seen Yellowstone at a good time of the year, that's something that all individuals families and thereof should probably see it's a, it's a wonderful piece that's that's sacred to the united states and my gosh <laughs> it's uh it's pretty it's pretty incredible to see with all the, the with, with the wildlife and then if you can go on a tarpon boat definitely because tarpon fishing with a fly rod is unbelievable <laughs> yeah. go to go to yellowstone Hey, Matt, great to hear your voice and, and to catch up. Uh, congratulations on a, a wonderful uh, Major League career. Belated happy birthday as well, and, and thanks for doing this and hopping on the phone with us. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, too, very much, and, and the Cardinals are in my heart, always will be, and I was blessed to be there. But uh, congratulations, good luck uh, with what's going on, and, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll try to be watching. I'll tune in now. You I got I, me inspired. I love it. I love it. Thanks for doing it, Matt. Thanks so much. That's uh, Matt Belisle, uh, former Cardinal reliever, long big league career, and uh, as you can tell, real good guy too. Yeah, all-time great dude. I went to uh, Yellowstone whenever I was a kid, and the, the my greatest memory, Dan, is we're driving into uh, the park itself, and as we're driving in, there's like this mile backup because there's bison just walking across the oh, yeah. street, and it's, it, it is. It's a hell of a trip that I would highly recommend everybody take. What an awesome interview. That guy was great. I, I could see you. You being an avid outdoorsman. Oh, you know me so well, yes. Dan. Um, you, you just get your hands dirty, you know, 
field dressing deer, that kind of thing. You'd be all over that. I don't know what you just said. He spoke a different language there for a second. <laughs> but yeah, something about deer. Uh-huh, that sounds right up my alley. I yeah. did go uh, deer hunting once when I was a kid. My did buddy you really? went. I, so kind of. My buddy went down to the lake and I went with him and his family, very, very big hunters. I had never been before, surprisingly enough. Um, they woke up at the, since. no, they woke up at the crack of dawn, which was a surprise to me. Um, and then we went out there and we just sit there for hours and hours and hours. And it never seems to end. Uh, they didn't end up getting anything that day, but That's we were the out there for it. a you're, long time. You're, you're in the outdoors, man. Nah, man. Seeing the birds, the squirrels, I can go fishing. the Fishing's rabbits. Great. I'm fine with that. I don't need to be out in the outdoors just sitting on a perch for six hours over the course Didn't of the morning. Didn't you love seeing the sun come up and the, the fresh air and I can do nature? That. I can do that with coffee and uh, watching a nice game on the television. I'm good. I don't need any of that. Uh-uh. Come on, man. We got, no. we got to get you to have some life experiences here. I'm more than happy. Whitewater rafting in Colorado. You want to go skiing. You want to go fishing. Deep sea fit. Like, I, I can do all that stuff. I don't need to go hunting. I'm good. I'll leave that to everybody else. Ah, BK. You guys seem to be taking care of that for me. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. You know what today is, BK? Apparently, according to uh, a gentleman from the 573, the day that he's going to take me fishing out at Bennett Springs. Nice. Is that right? Well, he invited both of us, I think. Did he not? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did like this. I just saw the BK part of it. Um, kind of selfish. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I uh, got to go back down here. Let's see. A lot of people ripping the Cardinals. That's fine. Okay. No, nobody's doing that. Just what kidding. Three-game winning streak. Uh, they said so that four th- out of five too. I can't find it, but they said the only gun that or any outdoors wow. apparel or whatever that uh, apparatus. Do you really think that it's safe to put anything deadlier than a Nerf gun into BK's hands? Yeah, I think that's one you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, that's the one. You might get hurt with a Nerf gun. Wow. He might. I mean, it seems legit. You know, leave BK alone. To be fair, I've shot you myself. You pick on him I'm, too I'm, much. Oh yeah. He used to be the other way around. Not anymore. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I've shot myself in the eye with a Nerf gun before, so I, I really? have a feeling. Oh, Did it yeah. hurt? Oh, it hurt. I, I felt the, uh, what is the, the suction cup on it? I felt it, like, stick to my eye for a second. <laughs> Checks out. Not, not fun. Well, I was going to say, you know what today is? Jacob deGrom Day. Oh, I'll, nice. I will watch when Jacob deGrom, he might be the MVP. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, uh, the first half, when you think about it, because, you know, the Mets are 41 and 35. He wins just about every time he's got a chance uh, to pitch. So every fifth day he's winning. He spent a little time on the IL. The Mets are two games in front of Washington to what? Four and a half in front of Atlanta. I'm going to go through. So we're at that midway point of the mm-hmm. Cardinal season. So I'll give this standings here. But depending on how it finishes up, I would at least have some votes for him, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's when you're having pieces written uh, about you regularly comparing your season to Bob Gibson's 1968, I think it's totally warranted in at least talking about the possibility. I'd still probably go Fernando Tatis Jr. or Ronald Acuna. Um, And I get Tatis has not played the same number of games just because of some of the injuries that he dealt with, but he's been unbelievable when he's been in. The MVP of June is Kyle Schwarber, I think. 
for sure. Um, he's gotten them back in the race, so they're only two games out. So in the NL Central, the Cardinals are now tied with Cincinnati. They are 40 and 41. The Cubs were swept. They are six and a half back of Milwaukee. The Giants are 50 and 29. And they are a game and a half in front of the Dodgers, two and a half in front of the Padres. I think one of the biggest stories right now that we don't talk a lot about because we're not following as closely um, with the American League, but the Boston Red Sox, they have a three-game lead now in the East. That was a devastating loss last night for the Yankees. They blew a four-run lead in the ninth, and uh, the Yankees are eight and a half games out. Eight and a half. Their season has really, in a lot of ways, mirrored the Cardinals season. Now, the yes. record's a little bit better, but the expectations were high going into the year for New York, obviously, as they are every season. And their offense has been the problem. Their pitching's been mostly fine this year. Their offense has not lived up to the expectations that they had coming into the season. You're hearing Brian Cashman publicly come out and have to defend them. And he's basically saying, now, listen, we're not good enough. Boone has talked about the whole organization is coming under a lot of scrutiny of late. They're right in the middle of the American League. And we talk so much, Dan, about the Angels and how Albert Pujols, there was just it's time to move on because that's not going to be a team that's competitive. The Angels are two games back of the Yankees in the American League right now. The Yankees have not been good this year. They're only two games above 500. So they're behind the Mariners. Right. So they're, uh, let's see, Tampa Bay three out. And then you have Toronto. I think Toronto is going to make a second half run. There's. They're my team to watch in the second half. They're seven and a half out. The White Sox in the American League Central have a four-game lead over Cleveland. Cleveland has the lowest payroll in baseball, and they are 42 and 35. Wow. They, they still find a way, don't they? I don't get it. I will never understand it, but it seems like every year they come into the season, and we're all wondering, is this the year that they start selling off their pieces? And every year they find a way to end the year around 90 wins, somehow, somewhere. Houston, a half-game lead. They're 48-33 over Oakland, so so yesterday was uh, the third time that this guy did this. It's amazing. He does not get enough talk for just how good he is. The shortstop of the Nationals. Turner, right field line. And it's beyond the reach of Margot. He's going to second. He's going to third. Here's the throw. Psycho for Trey Turner. He's done it again. Three Three cycles he's hit. He's 28 years old. 28 years old. The Brewers beat the Cubs 15 to 7. They were down 7 nothing in that game. Adamas in the air, right center. Ball's hit well. Marisnik on the run. And it is up and out. It's a grand slam. The first of the year for the Brewers. Willie Adamas again. And this ballpark is lit up. The Brewers are now 48 and 33. It's an under the radar trade. You knew it was coming because Wander Franco was going to be maybe the shortstop. He can play all over the place, but Adamas, there was, uh, you know, Tampa Bay had some flexibility with him, but it's a deal that definitely Milwaukee needed. And it's been under the radar. He has been exactly what they needed. It's a great deal for the Milwaukee Brewers. They traded for him on May 21st. And let's do a little bit of let's go back to then and then fast forward to now. At that point, the Cardinals were in first place in the division. They were 25 and 19. The Brewers were 21 and 23 in third place in the NL Central. Since May 21st, when they made that deal, 
Milwaukee 27 and 10 overall the best record in baseball in this stretch the Cardinals are 15 and 22 since then only the Marlins Pirates and Diamondbacks have been worse in the National League that was the day where the National League Central flipped it flipped on its head and Dan you mentioned uh, what we saw yesterday the Cubs scored seven and then ended up having basically 15 unanswered against the Brewers that very well may have been the game that we look back on and say that's when the Cubs decided to sell. So the Braves beat the Mets 20 to 2 yesterday. Albies a couple Ooh. of home runs. Uh, Ex Mets GM Jared Porter banned through at least 2022. And we have a new national champion in college baseball. Parker Noland with two outs in the ninth. Pushes a bunt to third. James to first. He's out. What a way to end it. And what a way to end a drought. Mississippi State, the national champions, destroying Vanderbilt 9-0. Hard to believe that's their first national championship for Mississippi State with all the great players that they have had over the years. Rafael Palmero, Will Clark. Uh, Jeff Brandley, one of the the great closers for a while, for a short time in baseball, but very good closer. They've had very good players. Got to wonder what would have happened if NC State would have been able to advance. They didn't, and uh, the national champions are Mississippi State. That being said, coming into the season, all everybody talked about was look at the pitching, look at the top two that you see from Vanderbilt, and somehow some way the Mississippi State Bulldogs were able to make this thing happen for them, uh, despite the fact that Vandy has two guys that are probably going in the top 10 in this year's draft. Absolutely. And that's hard to imagine to have two top 10 guys and you don't win it Mm -hmm. with a short series. Hard to do, but they did it. And Mississippi State wins the college national championship. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Alex Ferrario will be with uh, BK the next three hours. And uh, tomorrow we'll visit with Drew Goodman. He is the play-by-play voice of the Colorado Rockies. So get their perspective on what it's like with life after Nolan Arenado and after the game tonight. Uh, What do you think that's going to be like tonight, Dan? I think he's going to get a great ovation. I think it's going to be emotional for him. He's an emotional guy. I mean, we see that with some of the moments even he's had this year with how excited he gets, kind of screams. Yeah, the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I I think it's going to be emotional. I I really do. Uh, I wish we were there. I I would love, I I said this before, you know, when we travel with the club, and I've seen it like when Scott Rowland went back to Philly or J.D. Drew, uh, specifically though Rowland, that first time you hop out of the dugout and the fans, some fans are there, and they're there specifically to see that, that player return. The booze, the cheers, the just the moment that first, and then the first at bat, um, just to get a feel, you yeah. know, of what's going on, um, and, and to be around the city, you know. I mean, this was, I was telling Randy, I said this is the one that really is the kick in the gut for that fan base. Out of all the guys that have left there, I think this is the one that hurts them the most, and the fact that they're paying you fifty million to take them. 
in the prime of his career, MVP candidate. And by the way, he's having a Nolan Arenado type year. I mean, he's going to wind up with 30 and drive in 100 and win the gold glove. So, I'm not mistaken. I think it's the best OPS plus of his career so far. Yeah. Um, he's been exactly what you thought he might be. It's been overshadowed with the deficiencies and the struggles of the team, but it's by no fault of his own. He's been very, very good. So I don't know. I, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be an emotional night for him. I really do. I'm excited emotional to weekend, see it, probably. for sure. The whole the whole thing's going to be emotional. I, I just really hope they're able to get some wins for him, for the team. Like they, Even more so than for him, they need him for the team as a whole. But if they can win three out of four and he has a big weekend as part of it, him getting back on track at this time feels pretty significant, you know, because this, this could be a tough weekend for him if he was in that slump that we saw him in recently. Yeah. Um, if he gets a home run... What's that like? And by the way, uh, historically, the Cardinals, when we think about how the fan base travels, this is one of the places they travel to where it is a lot of Cardinal fans in Denver. So it's a fun weekend too, going out to Denver. Fourth of July weekend, people may be taking an early uh, start to the weekend, getting out there tonight, tomorrow. You'll, You'll see a lot of Cardinal fans there over the weekend. I mean, there'll be at least five to 10,000 of those fans will be Cardinal fans. Um, and what you have to remember is that for the longest time, that was Cardinal country. So they they never had, um, obviously, a team there. And then with the radio network in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and that kind of thing. So that was, you you could pick it up there. So that was Cardinal country. Pick it up clear as a bell. And so you, you have a lot of Cardinal fans that are there. And the Cardinals travel well there. A lot of people I know drive there. You know, they just get yeah. in their car and say, hey, let's go make a weekend out of it and go to um, go to Denver. So I, I think you're going to hear the Cardinal fans, but you're also going to hear the Denver fans, the Rockies fans, and it'll be emotional. Um, we'll be in the studios of Bally Sports this weekend and for the road trip. So I, I'm looking forward to it and to, to see how it uh, all unfolds starting tonight. With Adam Wainwright on the mound, there's nobody else that I would rather have out there right now than Wayno. Yeah, it, this, sure. this is the guy to start this trip, so looking forward to it. You've got three hours coming up. What do you guys have? We do indeed. We've got Ryan Fagan coming up at 12.15. He wrote about the trade deadline recently for Sporting News, and he basically said, Hoy, hope you're not looking for pitchers because this is not the deadline for you. So, of course, that's not great for the Cardinals. So we'll talk to him coming up at 1215. Uh, the Cardinals finally taking advantage of a bad team. We'll open up with that. And we got to talk about the bullpen because as great as this three-game sweep was, uh, the bullpen not so great yesterday. Doing the numbers, uh, not too hard to figure out. Halfway point, they've walked, I think, 350. So they're on pace for 700 walks. Ouch, babe. Second worst walk rate in the last 20 years for any bullpen yep. in baseball. Got to That's got to improve here in the second half if they want a shot. So looking forward to it. We'll uh, have the call on Bally Sports, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good, Dan. Appreciate right. you. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music, and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.